Welcome back to the Midweek Debrief, Season 3. I'm Jasper, and I ride a black Triumph Scrambler 900. Here's how it sounds. I'm Jed, and I ride a straight pipe Triumph Bonneville. Here's how it sounds. Join us each week as we catch up, discuss the latest headlines in the biking world, tackle a topic and answer your questions. We also have some exciting guest interviews lined up for this season, so stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Motone Customs. If you're like us and you're always looking for the next custom part for your bike, Motone has loads on offer, from headlight to taillight and everything in between. With daily worldwide dispatch, Motone are here to cater for all your custom needs. Check out what's on offer at www.motone.co.uk. On this episode, we had the pleasure of speaking to Dan Stone, aka Danners. Known for his bold and unique bike builds, often involving an M207, he has made a name for himself at the Malay Mile as the one to beat. Starting out pulling apart anything he could get his hands on, he now runs Stib Night Moto, a custom workshop based in North London. Anyone who has met Danners knows he's a barrel of laughs, and we can't wait for you to hear his stories. Enjoy. I had quite a few people, especially after Bike Shed Show, yeah come up to me and be like who did your pipes mm. who did your works they actually got to see them in person and the funny thing is okay so i stood in the corner the one day my bike was on display on the ground floor yeah and i stood in the corner and i'm just watching the people come through looking at the bike <laughs> and this guy came around and he's looking at the bike and he's you know he's quite touchy feely yeah i don't know like, the touches no no <laughs> leaving fingerprints everywhere and then he, he strokes his fingers along the pipe and then he gets to the end, he sort of has a quick peek in, mm. and then both fingers <laughs> go in the exhaust. Did he spit on them first? <laughs> no, he went in dry. <laughs> he went in dry. Uh. And then he pulls them out, and he's got certain stuff, and he's sort of a bit shocked to have, like, this bike's actually been ridden. Uh. But I just, that was the most bizarre thing that I saw that weekend. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't know. Uh, what, I don't know. <laughs> was, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I've been actually, I've been worried whether you were, uh, I know that you said you wanted me on, and then after my performance at the bike shed, I was like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I've talked myself out of that. Yeah, I don't think I've seen you so loose. Oh, I was, that um, was... Well, so I'm a bike builder, so I don't, I don't get out much. I go home, like, I go home. In the workshop all the time. And I'm in the workshop. That's it. Sometimes I'll go, I'll go a week, and I, th- I go to the shop, and I think, Christ, this is the first time I've seen anyone in a couple of days. Like, I've not yeah. had any... <laughs> interaction with the outside world. Any interaction world. with another human, just loads of bikes. So, um, all gets pent up. Yeah. And I, you know, I speak to all my friends on Instagram, all these, you know, you guys and just everyone yeah. from this weird little scene that, yeah. that only exists amongst a few thousand people. So, um, you just get so excited, didn't you? You see all your friends and I don't know, it just all comes out. I because think. The, the funniest thing for me from that evening was we came upstairs that you were by the, the Malay stand. Yeah. They, and, um, uh, they looked after me that week. They looked after you, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I come up and I see you with a beer in each hand, loving life. <laughs> and then you, you're like, I've got the best stories to tell you. And he says, you never know, guess what? actually a good one, though. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a good one. You'll know the story. <laughs> okay, on, let's hear it. He's, Dana says to me, you're never going to guess what I've got in my pocket. <laughs> he knows, he knows. Uh, yeah. So he stacks the beers one on top of the other. And he's reaching his pocket. He's like, just wait, just wait. <laughs> And out of his pocket comes this chipolata sausage. No way. <laughs> like a cooked chipolata. And I look at it and I'm like, why have you got a sausage? And he goes, this is a 1944 HMS Belfast sausage. And I'm thinking, what? 
So when you got it from... Well, <laughs> allegedly. 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 So we had to drop the bikes off at 10 o'clock in the morning and uh, vacate. And opening wasn't until... It was, I think, I think it was like 5 o'clock. Yeah. We had seven hours to cool in London. And I thought, I mean, I can't sit in a pub for seven hours. I'll be... Dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. So I was with my missus and we went, uh, we, we went for a stroll around South Bank. But we're going to HMS Belfast. Love a... Yeah, know, tour. Love a... Uh, yeah. Well, look, we'll, we'll go. I like a museum. I like, you know, I kind of like weekends growing up. My nan and granddad always took us to London. Yeah. Some sort of museum or something. I thought, oh, I've not been on there in a long time. Let's go for a little stroll around. And um, when... <laughs> This is, like I said, all allegedly. Allegedly, uh, yeah. But when you're walking through the fit, they've got sort of, I've, uh, I've got a big phobia of dummies, like mannequins. Yeah. Not high street mannequins, but like from... The mannequins are weird. Man. They are. Like, and, uh, <laughs> have, you also... seen the, have you seen the ones in Canary Wharf? <laughs> there are some like giants in Canary Wharf. No, you, I, I haven't. I haven't we'll seen. send you the pin and you can, you can head for <laughs> <after> this. <laughs> so like, yeah, we every weekend we spent going around, um, you know, Duxford Air Museum and all these yeah. kind of museums. And there was always mannequins in there. And a Nazi mannequin in a gas mask with a dog in a gas mask. It's, just, it's, it's terrifying, <laughs> you know, when you're six, seven years old and they've got these waxy faces and the eyes follow you around the room. So I've just got this terrible phobia of these mannequins, right? So I was dreading going on this boat. I was like, they're here. Last time I was here, they were fucking, they were everywhere in a cabin. You go around a corner and there's one there, but they've removed them all. They're all gone. Oh. There are no now mannequins in this boat, which is... What, have they all been stolen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe who knows? Yeah. I'd struggle getting one of them up my shirt though. Walking allegedly, out. allegedly, yeah. Um, but in the cafeteria, in the cafeteria, they've got like fake food in the cookers and stuff like that, yeah. and it looks—it's like hilarious. Have you ever seen that picture? And it's like a terrible calf somewhere in London, and it's like upside down peas. <laughs> have you ever seen this and it floats around on social media and everyone's like why are the peas upside down and you'd think what what do you mean upside down but you look at it and you go god they're upside down peas oh what is and they're taking a photo of photoshopped the, it yeah of the and food. It's next to a burger and some terrible chips and it's like they're upside down oh because what like the shadow of the peas were like it's above just, it or something. i can't explain it like oh, you'd have you'd you have just tell. you can tell they're upside down. add that to the list we'll, yeah, we're, gonna, we're gonna need we're to look into that. that we're gonna need to we're look into that we're going off on such a tangent um so this was there was just loads of hilarious foods but the sausages with the most realistic sausages I've ever seen in my life. Like, what yeah. you put it out of your pocket, and I thought it was a legit, a real sausage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I found a loose one that wasn't proper. Well, <laughs> it <laughs> did take a bit of force. How, how did you work out? I was loose. I mean, were you reaching over the? All right. I mean, no, no. We could. You could walk behind there where the cookers were, the trays. You, know? <laughs> you get the full experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't a case of feeling around. There, there was one, and it, I mean, I said it was loose, but it was quite. It was cooked down quite well. Um, and I didn't tell my bird, I didn't tell my missus, and I just thought, oh, this would be funny later, wouldn't it? Like, just a sausage. And um, we went to a pub afterwards, and I was like, oh, look at this. And I kind of, like, hid it behind the palm of my hand and slipped it out of my thumb, so it just looks like this little... <laughs> like, the heaven? But obviously, she don't... She... I mean, you walk past a fake tray of sausages, you don't really... You know, I imagine she forgot that we walked past it, so she don't know where I got it from. Just told me, where you got that from? And um, I put it in my pocket again and forgot about it until... Later in the evening, when I'd had a few drinks and, and whipped it out, I think I was looking for something. And I was like, "What's this? <laughs> Couldn't believe it! I forgot I had it." And that was it. It was just I was just seeing how many people's I could brush it up against the back of their necks and stuff. I was uh... yeah, that is weird. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I doubt I doubt the, the the PR team from HMS Belfast listen to the midweek debrief. But if they do, I think they'll be uh, delighted to hear that their chipolata that went missing is landed in safe well, hands. It's also allegedly. It's all, it's all allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. Hmm. So, let's hear about where things all started for you. 
Um, I think, I think I've, I've told one of you about this before. I think growing up in North London, my first, well, I think everyone who grows up in North London, maybe their all first experience riding a bike is probably the same. Yeah. And this, uh, some poor sod C90 in a field <laughs> <laughs> just, that some older boys have got, uh, shortly followed by them getting you to sit on it and rev it and one of them clicking it into gear and just sending you off, <laughs> sending you off. Um, but that was, you know, maybe once or twice. And then it really, I mean, I was just obsessed going up all through school, just obsessed with bikes, obsessed. Yeah. It's all I talk about. I used to get picked on for it. Like it was, uh, I was just a man obsessed. So that was a bug that bit you. Mm, yeah. My, I think my dad got me into it initially. He used to ride bikes and I went like growing up, you're like, God, he's such a biker. You know, yeah. really, he's a real biker and it was i think i surpassed him and i was like eight maybe you know <laughs> like i'm just obsessed There's so what, what did he ride so at the t for most of the time he didn't actually have a bike you know but he'd, he'd always he'd spent his youth riding bikes and yeah. loads of these pictures and stuff of him he used to do trials riding there's pictures of him uh riding over like an old beetle at alexandra palace at some bike show from oh, years ago cool. Um, and then he had an uh, old Phaser 600. Yeah, cool. Yeah. An old one. He bought it from, um, he was an electrician at the time. And it was one of their old career bikes. And this thing had sat in a car park and the grease. I remember he brought it home, brought it into the living room to clean this fucking thing, right? <laughs> like, I remember I went up to it and got my nail, like my thumbnail, and dragged it backwards down the swing arm. And it's like, it must have been like three mil, just black. So he had that for a little while. And then uh, he got an R1, uh, 4C Wi Fi. Oh, I'm going to fluff this up. I know my Yamaha's as well. <laughs> I think I'm nervous. Um, the first twin pipe model, anyway. Yeah. One before the 4C8. Okay. When I when I think about R1s, I think like that's when they went from looking average to actually starting to look quite good. Yeah. yeah. That's how I always like decipher the two. I do have a soft spot for the the original uh, the original R1 though. Do you? Yeah, I had one and uh, I sold it too quick. Yeah. And it's like the one that got away. And yeah, I always yeah, think yeah. about it. And when I think about it, I'm like, oh, you're such a scumbag selling that. Yeah, um, and it was really special as well. Do you know Harris Harris performance? Yep. So I think rumor has it it was like their R and D bike because it um, was just dripping in Harris yeah. Olin's Martrazini lightweight wheels. Had the Harris single sided swing arm on it. Harris rear sets. Olin's like uh, steering damp brackets. It's fully and, kitted uh, out. Oh, I was so kitted out, and it was done like a R seven rep, so it had the R seven color scheme. Oh wow! So um, it threw a lot of people off. Yeah, and I had that when I was nineteen, I think. Yeah. What a bike! Okay, wait, wait. So, so going back a step, we've skipped a bit. We, 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 yeah. we, we've skipped a bit. So we'll reel things back in. So, right. did you was the R one like your poster bike when you like in your bedroom? Was that the bike where you like one day I will have this? I think so. I mean, yeah. I never really had a poster bike. Yeah, uh, I liked them all. I like them all. Yeah. But I remember when my dad got his first R one. Mm. I was going round like oh, it was mine, telling yeah. people, "Oh, my dad's got an R one. I can't believe it! Like I'm gonna go home and touch it and all this." Like, and uh, when I did get it, um, I remember. Just, I'd, you know, being in bed and thinking, like, I'd sit up straight. I'm like, I've got a fucking R1. I want to just go down to the garden and look at it. Like, I've got an R1. I can't believe <laughs> I cannot believe I have an R1. Like, yeah. So it was, yeah. So it was, okay, so the the C90 in the field. Right. Ripping around on that. What had was that. What was the first, was that your first bike? No, sorry. Had that. Didn't have that. <laughs> it's a natural uh, feeling to swing a leg yeah. over and think it's yours. <laughs> um, so the first bike that I had was a trials bike, a gas gas tx 270 cool and um i think i was in primary school and it's a 270 two stroke and this thing was uh yeah, that would have gone i used to pull my little arms off like <laughs> i could just about hang on to it um but i think my dad bought it mainly for him 
and it was yeah. here you go it's for you <laughs> but they used to let me have a go on it really yeah um and yeah it used to pull my arms off so there was never any we had it for a while when he let me sell it to buy my first moped okay so this would have been about 16 16 yeah funny story behind this actually it was the shortest amount of time i've ever had a bike for and i think oh, mate, i've got to be over 50 bikes now but um i got <laughs> so 16 year old dan and i bought this one it was a it was a peugeot ludix blaster Right, <laughs> I know I you laugh, but the reason I got this is because I was—I remember when I was a lot younger, reading through like a bike or performance bike magazine or something, and they'd done a little scooter section in there, and it was marketed as the fastest accelerating 50cc scooter ever. So that that stuck with and, me. And, and fastest accelerating between naught and what? Uh, I mean, that, it's just for the... I don't know. Maybe naught and, yeah, something. Maybe 30. Is that, think, is that top speed? I think they're only really allowed to sell them as going 30 yeah, miles an hour yeah. 50cc bikes. But, you know, you so what was, the, what was the naught to 30 time? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I didn't have it long enough to find out, I don't think. Um, so tax MOT'd, insured, out of the door. Went out with uh, a few of my friends. We was out. It was summer. I remember it being summer. We was out riding and then it got towards the evening. We was in Enfield uh, on the A10. And there's like a bit of a filter lane turning right. And someone had, so one of my friends went, oh, I've been on the road for no more than six hours. Yeah. No more than six hours. And a car jumped a red light and hit me on this thing. <laughs> and to this day, it's the worst crash I've ever had in my life. Wait, so hang on a second. So you've, you've come right as if to turn across the, uh, across yeah, the traffic. Yeah, so I'm crossing across the traffic. And um, I mean, the light. so I'm watching the light and it's it, it was green where you can filter through. Yeah. But then the green arrow has come. Right, so someone's so pulled out with the arrow. I can go now, yeah. right? I'm, I'm a bit nervous still. First day, first few hours. Yeah. Um, and this Volvo, you know those <laughs> those tanks? It the was it was real a, boxy ones. It was a 740GL, right? <laughs> I remember what it was. This grey thing, <laughs> estate, roof rack. It was, I mean, it's, they're, fuck it, they're massive, aren't they? Yeah, they're indestructible. Yeah. And, and was I, it filled with people as well? Cause no. all, like with the seats facing no, backwards. it wasn't. There was just one old boy in it. I mean, not old. Old for me then. Probably now. I'd be like, oh, it's my age. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it might have been 40s, 50s. Um, but I think he might have seen the red, like it turning red and gone a bit quicker you know um and i had my legs in and it clipped the back of the bike like the engine where the you know where the shock makes yeah. the engine it clips there and um i just remember flying through the air and it was like ground sky cartwheeling and where the retail park is there's like tgi's and mcdonald's lit up signs so <laughs> i know when i see another light i've done like a rotation and i landed so far away from this guy i mean i must have been 20 30 foot away from where he hit me and I was in a daze, just laying on the floor looking up. And you do the pat down, don't you? Any yeah. crash, like it's just check whether you're still yeah, aware. Your instinct, you just you just pat down. And you're like my arms were still there, my legs were still like. Yeah. And I thought I'll get up, and I tried getting up, and I fell over getting up. Yeah. And um, I started walking towards the car because I could see him. And there's all like there's the the radiator smoke coming out of the the front grill and stuff it, yeah. yeah and um my shoe was on the the roof of his car my trainer it was on the roof of the car in the middle of like the two beams for the roof rack yeah. and i remember picking up the shoe and opening the door and i hit i threw the shoe at him threw my trainer at this guy <laughs> and then i'd like collapsed into where the like the door shut where the door opens and stuff and my yeah. bike the i mean the wheels nearly touching this thing was like bent in yeah. half in half Probably, uh, it's probably why it was the fastest accelerating scooter because there's just no frame. It's so light. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty all right. I mean, I had a few cuts and bruises, but 
pretty much unscathed. Unscathed. And how, how did he deal with it? Was he apologetic or like did he try and claim that his light was green? I don't know. Like I, it was so long ago. Yeah. And I think the uh, the adrenaline. I can't yeah. remember too much of it. No, but in the sense that like did he say okay I'm gonna I'll buy you a new scooter or you owe me five hundred quid for my grill? Because oh. <laughs> that's often how it happens. Isn't yeah, it? You're like you're like you hit me and apparently I owe you for yeah. your front yeah. end. Yeah. No, I, I know it went for insurance and I got a courtesy bike. I got a, cur- a courtesy scooter. Oh come on. What do they give you? Well, all of my friends at the time, we all had like these big, big board Jalera runners, like these yeah. 172 Molossi bore kits. And uh, they give me this Hoi, hoi Man. I, I mean, I couldn't pronounce it. You know, it's like a, a Shine Time, Hoi Song, whatever it was. And it was gutless, gutless. It was so rough. Um, and I didn't have any money at the time. I was like 16 year old. I was doing an apprenticeship. So I just run it for a while. And then I got paid out. I got some personal injury and, um, and the bike paid back to me and I think I bought a RS I think it might have still I think it might have still been on an RS fifty yeah. at the time. But I had a few R printer RS fifties, I had a few RS one two fives. They're quite quick for a fifty. The fifties are quick. I mean yeah. you, like, you know, we used to get sixty five, seventy out of them. Yeah. Six gears. I mean they're uh, when you pull off though, it's hilarious listening to them. Oh no. And also there's no torque. <laughs> when you pull off from the lights, if you open that throttle up you're just going to bog and die. Yeah. It won't go. You've got to... you got to ease onto it. You've got to kind of feather it and then really get it sick. Because also, if you went for first to second, you're not super high up in the rev range. You've got past your your no power and you'll shift yeah. and you'll have no power again. And you might, like, you can... You can bump the clutch a little bit, like, to, to get it up. But yeah, they are quite gutless. But when they get going, they're good. Yeah. <clears throat> good fun. Yeah. So you had that. Had that. What was the first proper bike if we can call it that the first proper bike was because i guess yeah. you did your license as soon as you could as soon as i could and yeah. when you did your test was that still as it is now mod one mod two all of that kind of thing or were you did you do it in the day when you had to just ride around the block it's a funny story about that as well actually go on here we go <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how much of it i should uh well, and it, so yeah you I, can share any this very safe space you yeah, share okay. anything here. <laughs> right so when i first done it first time a bike license it was um direct access yeah yeah you know so you do it once on your one two five after a certain amount of time it will run through right and um i got a driving ban and i ended up having to for some reason how into detail should we go <laughs> yeah oh, oh, yeah God, here we go here we go so i got caught doing um i can't remember what i was on i think i was on um a modified scooter like a jalera runner one <laughs> you know one two five one seven two piston cylinder, yeah. long stroke crank. You can you can make it to a one three three, one eight three, and you can get nearly thirty brake out of them. But also, this was still registered as a, a Jalera running fifty, and um, oh. went on a safe. This is how I got the ban. Okay. I went on a safe riding course. Right. Went got had to go and do it in Harlow, up the four one four off the A ten four one four. Done a safe riding course in Harlow. Yeah. And on the way back from that safe riding course, I was wheeling down the road as you do as you do and there was a car that pulled up next to me someone's shouting at me waving his arms out the window and i'm looking but i'm still wheeling the bike and i'm looking down and he's waving something at me and i'm like what what and he shows me his badge and it's uh it's a policeman so i got stopped undercover undercover and um so i got stopped pulled over and he was uh you know i got read the right act and he was like where do you live what what are you doing here where are you coming from <laughs> I'm coming back from bloody safe riding course, aren't I? <laughs> so I tried to not tell him that, and I was like, you know, I've just I've been in Harlow, but I was on the spot, and I couldn't really put together a, a, a story. A story. So um, it eventually came out that was a safe riding course, and I was doing that on the way back. So that's that's where yeah. the band come from. 
Yeah. And then, how long were you banned for? Oh God, I think it was like six months or something. Or three months. Oh, I don't think it was that long. Yeah. I don't think it was that long. Fair enough. So then you did, you you had to then redo your test redo to get your license test. back. Sorry. That's where yeah. we were. Yeah. <laughs> to redo no, the no, test. No, 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 yeah, enough. so the second time I'd done it, I, um, <clears throat> they changed the law. So you had to now do mod one, mod two. I think my CBT had expired or something, yeah. you know. So I'm, I'm back to square one again, mod one, mod two. And then you've got to ride something. So I think it's it, it can't have left the factory of more than 94 horsepower. Yeah. And it's got to be restricted to half of that. Yeah. And it really does limit the bikes. You know, all the cool ones yeah. at the time for me were just a little bit more. And I um, I was just forever just good, like trying to find out brake horse. Right, right, can't have that. Can't have any of the, uh, the inline six sports bikes. No R6s, they're gone. And uh, I was really struggling. <clears throat> and I found out that uh, the Ducati Monsters, the new ones at the time, there was a 696, yeah. which was all right. It was nice. And then they'd done the 796. And the 796 still fell into that category. So you could uh, get the 796. And it was a little bit nicer. It had single-sided swing arm and, and some bits. Yeah, a bit of a prettier bike. <clears throat> and I kind of decided I wanted one of them. And I was working in a body shop at the time. And we used okay. to buy stuff off Copart. And I found one on Copart. So um, we'd done some bidding and, and won it. And I got the uh, got 796 Monster. <clears throat> and at the time, I think it was like a year old. That's good. And guy. I was 17, 18. So I had a, a year old, you know, a year yeah, old carry really 17, good. 18. And I was, uh, you know, I thought I was the man. <laughs> <laughs> but I was still doing the, uh, you know, like that early stuff. When you, when you first start out, I wanted to, I must have looked ridiculous if I look back at me now, like the matching red Alpine style leather boots. Yeah. And, you know, them all the Chinesium stuff all over the bike, blinged out as much Chinese gold as I could find. <laughs> <clears throat> and it was in the I think by the end of the summer, all of it had gone white or yellow or whatever color yeah, that anodizing doesn't <laughs> yeah. last long does it no it don't not the cheap stuff no you leave it or, or like one of the levers will uh, turn a different shade to the other because it's been on the side stand yeah your clutch lever will look great in gold and, and the, the brake lever is just like white <laughs> or like on silver those, those 15 pound chinese levers yeah so that was first bike and um we had a great time i had a great time on that bike yeah they are i mean they're quite I mean, they're a bit gutless. You know, when you think of a Ducati, you're like, 800cc Ducati? You think it's going to fly, yeah. Oh, it's going to fly. But mm, it didn't really fly. And uh, I used to max it out. I mean, it, it, it would do 135. Yeah. On a private road, it would do 135. On but it just, road. I couldn't, I couldn't wheelie it though. And that's what, I think that's why I got rid of it. I just couldn't, second gear at any That's sort possibly of speed. the most downest comment we've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah could so, like, you could clutch it up in first. And I weren't, I weren't, I was still, you know, I was still learning at the time. Um, but second gear, like you couldn't just, it just didn't, I mean, if you went over a bit of a hill and you timed it right yeah, and you, you got get... your weight in the right place, you could get it up, you know? Um, but it just didn't have the grunt I wanted. So, um, I done also, so I got it on, I think it had done 15,000 miles. Yeah. I had it for six months and I sold it on 45,000 miles. <laughs> that is a good bit of mileage. <laughs> I, yeah, I've, I've never ridden that much. Yeah. I lived on it. I lived on it. Um, a good bit of mileage. And mm. where were you, where were you doing most of your riding? So at the time I lived in, I lived in North London. I worked in where? In Hertfordshire. Yep. And I had a girlfriend that lived in Cambridge and I oh, was you just were doing... up and down like, and also just started riding any excuse to ride that thing. Yeah, was, you do. I was on it. I was right. Yeah. So the miles just racked up. Yeah. Racked them up. I don't know. They're not known for their reliability, are they? You know, no. like, they're not, you know, I mean, 50 K on any, any bike. You're like, end of life. Good luck with that <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. 50 count of Ducati is, gosh, that's unheard of. Weigh it in, you know, like that yeah. thing. <laughs> it was rough. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like a bag of nails, but 
we we got shot of it. <laughs> so then after that, after that, that was the first R1 that I had. Okay, this found is where the R1 this, starts. Found this R1. Yeah. Um, and I said it was so tricked out, and it was just unreal. The gem. Ah, oh, it was it was great. Okay, so a question I've got on the R1, and because this is a question we get actually a lot a lot from our listeners, is like yeah. when you go from a bike like that Ducati mm. and you get on an R1 for the first time, what's it like? Like when you get on an open road and twist that noise tube, what, what, how would you describe the feeling? I think for the, f- I mean, it's, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. But when I first, I know that when I first got on it, I was like, oh, is this it? Because I've come off a bike that doesn't rev that high. Yeah. And this, this R1 revs, I mean, what do they go to? Like 22, or, or is it 18,000? 18, 16, 18, 18, somewhere yeah. in that range. So I'm riding it how I was the last one. I'm like, oh, this is a bit anticlimactic, this. I'm not that... Oh, what? Because you hadn't revved it up? Yeah. I just not oh, revved it up. Oh, okay. I just hadn't given it yeah, any full like beans yet. Yeah. And um, I, I remember the first time I really opened it up, pulled off the A10 on CM25, going towards Dartford, and there's that tunnel. Yeah. And I really let it go through the revs, and I, the, if, I was just in shock of what it would, what it could, what it would do to you. Like this thing was fucking Nuts. mental, mental, yeah. And uh, yeah, we fell in love. It was great. <laughs> the start of a great. long relationship. Yeah, I remember being on it. On a th- it might have even been the same, the same day, because I know I was on the M25, and I know it was raining. It was raining quite heavily, and I was in sixth gear doing a hundred, and I opened the throttle and it spun up and on was, a private road. On a, yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> There's uh, so many private roads and allegedly going on. Um yeah, and it spun up at a hundred in the rain in sick and I was like, this is Yeah, this serious this weapon. Is cool. Yeah. And um I can't remember how long I had that for. I feel like the first kind of the first ten or fifteen bikes I had, I kept for a lot longer than I do now. Yeah. Now they're like oh, I finished building them, I'm like, right, done next. Yeah. I just got so many on the go. I was trying to early on today I was trying to count the bikes that I've had and I couldn't, you know, I'm struck like and then I was on the train and I was like, Oh yeah, that's that one. I must have thought of another twenty on the train on the way up that I'd wow. forgotten to write down. Um But that's kind of a good problem to have, I think. Mm. Yeah. I mean I don't own them all now. I've got but have yeah. experienced all I've those got a few. bikes. Yeah, but I'm more like tick them off. I want to own them all. Yeah. Like you know, I want to catch them all. I want to have every one. <laughs> I want to have a story to tell about all of these different bikes. Yeah. So um so wait, before we talk about your bikes you got now, so you, you bought this R1. Yeah. Where did the working on bikes, custom dream, where did yeah. that all come in? Oh, it's just been forever. I think with anything, I mean, before I had bikes, I had like remote control cars or something. I'm like forever taking them apart. Yeah. Anything I get works, take it apart, don't work. Yeah. But it's just that, oh, just anything I could take apart, I'm taking it apart. I want to see what it does inside. It's that interest. And, yeah. Um, so the doing the bikes up start. I mean, even with that that Ludix that I was talking about, the one that I wrote off. Yes. So that bike, as um, when I wrote it off, I bought it back from the insurance company. Okay. Because the frame was bent, but there was a lot of other stuff that was still pretty good. So I was like, all right, I'm going to build it back up. And I went to see. I found a frame for a different Ludix, not the Blaster, this air cooled one. And I was like, I wonder whether it will work. And obviously, I don't, I don't really know. I'm just guesswork at the minute. But I, I thought, well, if I take a tape measure with me to go and look at this bike. And I can measure the width for the engine mounts. Surely it's all going to go together. Might be some different mounts I need to, or cable ties probably, that I'm going to cable tie the radiators <laughs> on with or something. But I was like, oh, I imagine that, if, I mean, it might go. Yeah. So I turned up at this, I mean, it was like an ex-delivery guy's bike or, you know, in the, some back arse of East London. Yeah. And I turned up with a tape measure. I'm like, I don't measure. And he's like, oh, it starts. Here's the, it has service history. I'm like, ah, oh, it's all right. Don't, don't worry. Like, don't have a tape measure. He's like, what is this kid doing? And probably about five of us turned up as well. Like all my hood rat friends at the time <laughs> thinking, what is going on here? So, um, yeah, I got it back and put that engine in it. And that was probably like the first thing I 
built tried to jazz up build yeah, yeah i don't know if it built it was a uh, loosely built very loosely, loosely built, built. Okay. yeah mainly cable what, what would you say like the first time you took an engine from x bike and put in the put it in the frame of bike why you suddenly thought hang on a second there's something here where i can look at bikes differently and see yeah. see that from this and that from that and 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 mix them all together so the, yeah then I, th- I mean i always so i modified all my mopeds i was a painter i was learning to do a paint at the time for in like car body work so i was like, always painting my bikes but the first one that i started playing was was, was the monster so the front suspension was terrible shower forks they were mm. dreadful the brakes weren't great and um i had an r1 no, who's I managed to source an R1 front end off probably Facebook Market or maybe Gumtree at the time because I don't think there were like Facebook Marketplace is the new Gumtree, yeah. isn't it? Definitely. 100%. But growing up, Gumtree is when you found your your cheap things. Yeah, your deals. So I found this cheap uh, R1 Big Bang front end, and I got uh, the forks, the clamps, the well. As long as I can get the headstock in, the the yeah. clamps, the, the triple clamps. Well, all the rest is on. The fork slide into them, and then everything else is attached. Yeah, exactly. So I um, I measured the uh, external diameter of the frame and the inside of the the yoke, and I managed to get find some bearings online oh, and make it that fitted, and I put a Big Bang front end, and it was like so it was a new monster at the time, and the Big Bang was the new R one. Yeah. So it was. Um, so, nice. so it's two thousand and nine. Where I th- it was still running the the current one, so I think the first Big Bang run from like oh nine to. 14 didn't it so it was in that era um and i got it on in my mum and dad's car, uh, garden at night with like a torch in my mouth and this terrible <laughs> little garden light and i i got it all together and i managed to get it on <clears throat> the thing i str- <laughs> i did my brake lines were no longer long enough but i had one in the shed this old rubber brake line that was long enough <laughs> right and i was so desperate to ride this thing that i put one I, I, I just looped it to the master cylinder with one brake line so i just had one caliper just for an evening but i just, oh, just i wanted try to, it out yeah to go out and see what it was like and it was great only had one caliper yeah. working <laughs> but it was uh enough to try it out enough to try it out yeah and uh, i think that was when it first that was like right this is this is cool and i think i can i can do some stuff it's like a little confidence builder like yeah because i was trying to find stuff online about what front ends fit on it and it's not i mean like, who the and also like, i'm putting a japanese front end on a an italian, italian bike yeah. <laughs> most of the italian owners are the purists <laughs> yeah like, so no one had really done it before i didn't know if it had worked and i was like oh this is actually not even that sad really yeah um, and then I made like exhaust for it. Also, at the time, I couldn't weld really. Not like I, can, not like not I can like now. Yeah. So I was. I mean, I used to weld car body panels together with like yeah. MIG welding. Also, I don't know about metals at the time, so I got a stainless exhaust system and welding mild steel bits to it with mild, <laughs> mild wire in the in the welder. So all the rust, all the welds are going rusty. Yeah. Um, but I managed to shoe hot because I couldn't buy. I couldn't afford an exhaust system for it at the time. It was relatively new, and I mean these exhaust systems. They had the twin pipes under seat pipes. Yeah. But these exhaust systems were in the thousands. Yeah, uh, I didn't have that money. So again, I think it was a gum tree find. I found, um, I was looking for bikes that I knew had twin pipes. So the SVs do, SV thousands. Oh yeah. So I found a set of SV pipes, um, pretty cheap. Well, I assume they were pretty cheap because I was, I was <laughs> hunting for them bargains <laughs> um, and cut them down and managed to get them on the, on the, on the Ducati. And I don't know if I had loads of other little bits and bobs around it. Like I used to make, try and like, cut some bits off a panel and fiberglass it into a different shape and paint it and little odds and sods and um yeah so a lot of the skills that you have now as a bike builder were self-taught oh they've all been refined over over years, years and years yeah. like i'm i'm great at extracting snapped nuts and rounded nuts because i spent the whole of my youth doing that 
you know, you're just impa- stuff in, in, impatient, trying to find a wrong, you know, you've not got the right size socket and you're like, oh, that'll do. And then you round it and you're like, shit. Uh, or something snaps off, yeah, because you've over-tightened yeah. it. So now I'm so good at getting them out. And also I don't do it as much now because I've learned from yeah. my mistakes. But yeah, that skill was refined, snapping them and rounding them. <laughs> so when was Dana's auto born? Dana's, oh, I think it might have been, but it was always my nickname. Yeah. It was my nickname because where the the body shop that I worked at, I was there for eight or nine years, and we had, we we had these like this language. I mean, it was just we just built up this these words that we'd used, just you know, these silly slang. silly things. Like we had words for four things: curted. If something was bent, it's like, oh, that's well curted because of Kurt Angle, the wrestler. Like, <laughs> we had so many words for stuff. We could we could probably have a conversation in the calf, and no one will know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and everything was Urs. There was a guy that worked there before me called John, little John, and he called everyone Urs, Benners, Danners, or like just anything he said had Urs on the end of it. So Danners was that's where it was born. <laughs> that's kind of where it was born, yeah. And then uh, obviously like, like it just that's what my friends used to call me, Danners. It just stuck. It stuck, yeah. Um, and then I had, I had a body shop. So I started doing car restorations first. Had a couple of body shops. Um, but love weren't really there. You know, and mm. I'd always uh, say to myself, I'd get a new workshop and I'm like, right, I'm only going to do bikes now. And the money's not there as much as it was the cars. So yeah. before I know it, I'm just doing cars all the time. So I got another tactic and I, uh, I got a workshop with a door not big enough to fit a car in <laughs> to force myself just to do bikes. Um, yeah, so that's that's when it really started, when I could either had to, had to force myself to only yeah. do bikes, didn't have the option to do cars. And that's when we went full time doing the bikes. And what was the first bike you worked on commercially? Oh. I mean, I think I'd done. A, I mean, I'd done a few in the um, in the body shops and stuff. So yeah. that's when I, I, you know, I was still doing some of them. But I always remember one that I'd done, and it was uh, it had already been modified by someone. And I mainly just done the paint for it and made a couple other things. But okay. it was an old Bandit six hundred. Um, and he was a cage fighter. This is when uh, Conor McGregor was still a thing. And he was, I want Notorious in the in the tank. So I uh, done him a paint job with some, it's like an off-white paint job with uh, some burgundy stripes because he had like a burgundy-ish leather seat and he wanted uh, burgundy matching grips. And was this was this for just uh, like some Conor McGregor fan? Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I don't think it's aged very well. No, no I, I, always, I always say to you, I think we've said it on the pod before, whenever people get bikes and they trick them out with some sort of branding that's unrelated to bike, you know when you see people yeah. where they've got like Batman on their bike? <laughs> yeah. Or Transformers? Yeah. yeah. You just think, yeah. Like, it's just a terrible idea. Yeah, it's not aged really well. But he, And also I said, why don't you put it, we can just get a decal and put it on, put it on top. And he insisted that he wanted it clear coated over. So it's on there. I wonder where it's still about. But then you when look out for it. When yeah, I start, I mean, to me in my eyes, I'm like, oh, I mean, also I've got a bit of a hatred for Suzuki's. Don't really like them. I wouldn't let one in my workshop now. Um, and I was just, I wasn't a big fan. Like a bandit. It's just like, and also I grew up this uh, reading Street Fighters magazine, mm. and the bandits. I was like, oh, it's just a, it's not a big custom but i'm like well you've got a custom bike oh you know, is it a suzuki bandit like <laughs> <laughs> little round where i'm spinning headlights on it and like uh what is it a little bubble cut down can <laughs> with some chrome radiator guard on it and a, and a knuckle duster on the engine i'm like oh, it's not really you know they never really appealed to me too much but i spoke to him a few months after and he sold it oh. at the bike shed classifieds page Really? And this geezer got like four or, f- four or five grand for it. And I was like, that is... That's nuts. What? 
like, I couldn't believe it. Um, and that always stuck with me. I'm like, oh, there might be, might even be a few quid in this. Turns out there's not, though, by the way. Building custom bikes. <laughs> there's not, no. Um, and then that's when I was like, I thought uh, the cafe racer kind of scene started appealing to me then after doing that yeah. one. You know, the trackers, scramblers, flat trackers and the cafe bikes. And then I kind of took a liking towards them. And I've got like a little list of bikes in my head that I think are good donors, kind of cool. Yeah. You know, old. Good base. Good base. Yeah. But also not generic bases, you know, yeah. not the, the one that everyone goes to, like the uh, denominators is like a really yeah. go to the BMWs, the K series bikes. Honda CBs for cafe races. Honda CBs. Yeah. So I've got a little list in my head that I think are quite cool, like uh, Honda CRM 250, the two stroke one. And also, I'm like, it's road legal. So I'm always, whenever I'm looking for something, I'm like, right, I want a new toy. I don't know what it is yet. One of my key words is road road legal. Because I'm like, oh, that shouldn't be on the road. I want it, you know. <laughs> so the CRMs, I know that they come road registered straight yeah. away. So it saves you the faff of doing it. So that was on my list. And like the KTM, the old, uh, the LC4s, like the mm. 625s, 640, what is it? What's the bigger one? Six, they do six, 625, 640, and 660. But right. like them, them sort of bikes and... Um, yeah, just trying to find anything I could. And I'd do, do, do them for me, not to sell really, just do them for me, try and build something cool. And then by the time I finished it, I mine up something else. So that had to go yeah. to fund the next one. I mean, really, most of my motorcycle career is spent building them. Like, because I'm, I'll build them. I'm like, right, done, next, next. What's happening next? And I've got to sell that one. I'd, like most of the time in the, in the early days, I never really had a bike for me to ride because I was just always pulling them apart. Yeah. Like, so they weren't, um, weren't always on the road. I didn't have a solid fleet. I mean, even now, the percentage of bikes that I own and the ones that I can go in and get out and ride is <laughs> diabolical. <laughs> it's terrible. So on your Instagram, it says 07 King. Uh, that is self-proclaimed. That is self-proclaimed, but yeah. But I don't, I don't know if anyone's... I no. think I can wear the title. In yeah. the UK, anyway. I know that yeah. there's another guy, there's a guy that I speak to. He's in Europe somewhere. It might be like Holland or... So I don't want to... You know, but um, yeah, so there's a guy that I speak to in Europe and he's, he builds them as well. And he's got some cool ones. Me and him speak. Well, you know, the, uh, what is it? Great, recognized, great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only, to be fair, it's me and him in the world. Like it's only me and him. Yeah. So, and he's got some supercharged ones and some twin turbo ones, but I've had the volume of them I've had, the amount. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. So how many MT07s have you been through? Double digits for sure. Really? A hundred percent double digits. I mean, I think I've got five or six now. I'd have to count. I'd have to count how many there are, but in various states. Yeah. yeah. I, but also because I build chassis now, I count an engine as a bike. <laughs> like that is, there's all the bits there. If I've got an engine, I've probably got, I mean, I'll change all the forks and yeah, spring enough, off wheels. Yeah, to put a bike So together. if I've got an engine and a wiring loom and an ECU, I'm like, that's a bike. Yeah. You know. So you must have like quite a decent parts catalogue. Oh, so many, so many. If anyone out there needs, has crashed an MT-07 and these parts, <laughs> I don't, and I'm, I just don't really list them for sale or anything. There's just a cupboard that I open it quick, throw what I need in and close it. And occasionally I'll go in there if I need a foot peg or something. But most of the stuff is that I put back on is aftermarket. So the standard yeah. parts, I'm like, well, they're just there, aren't they? And I think I think the Yamaha MT-07 was like the best-selling bike for like several, several years. It was just yeah. like year after year after year after year. It was just doing so well. What was it about that bike that interested you so much? Because um, I know people say, I've heard a lot of people say the, that cp2 engine cp2 is yeah. like the perfect engine yeah also because in, in in america i think it's just america it might be like america and australia they call them the fz07 yes yeah yeah and we call them the mt07 in yeah. europe whereas if you just go cp2 like that's just 
Yes, yeah, universal. But also, it's across the board with the XSR seven hundred and the the T seven. But uh, CP two engine, like it's a CP two yeah. bike, yeah. kind of. Yeah, I think they're great, and I think because um, I've got a few older Yamahas as well. So I've got the old RD three fifty that everyone that's knows. That's a cool bike. Um, and back then, when the uh, RD three fifty was about, like that was the, oh, that was like the R one. That was the car RD three fifty. That was bragging rights bike. Um, and I know now that the MTO seven is not really the bragging rights bike, but it's Yamaha. I feel like Yamaha are reliving their youth with the yeah. with the parallel twins. You know, it's uh, the O seven for me is like what the rd was back then that parallel twin engine and it's the one of the first things that you that you got when you when you started riding bikes you know that mt07 is an entry-level bike yeah how many people in the world have had the best memories that they're going to talk they're going to tell their kids about yeah, when they was bike. out on this bike and it was going to be an mt07 like and i think you hear stories from people in their 50s 60s yeah saying that about the rd 350 well even my dad my dad rode an rd 350 for a bit and uh, it was a friend's bike and he borrowed it and he just said you just twist this thing and hit the power band and he said mm. you never experienced the bike as fun and so quick yeah i think every every man around our parents age ish, ish. <laughs> probably has a story yeah. about an rd350 be it them or a friend or a, yeah. a relative like everyone's got a story about an rd350 and then it's going to be us with the stories about the mto7s yeah well me maybe, maybe probably you. you with the triumphs <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and i think also the tenere is possibly the biggest unsung hero. Yeah, they're great. In they're the line, like in the lineup of bikes at the moment, it's, it's such a capable yeah. thing. Yeah, there's a guy. What's his? I mean, I know that you must have seen him. Everyone's seen him. He rides one of them, and he's like a hard enduro rider. Oh, Paul Torres. That's him. Yeah. The things that he does on an MTO seven, you're like, it just shows you. It's insane, insane the things that he does on it. Like he's throwing around a trials bike. Yeah, they're. Uh, I've not. I've not had one yet. It's on the list. It's on the list. But a lot of things get. You know, my list because is the <laughs> nearest <laughs> thing that you built to that would be the would it the wr 700 that you built kind of yeah maybe so, we'd love we'd love to hear about that yeah so the wr this is ugh, so many funny stories it's a funny story <laughs> we love a funny so story. obviously i'm the, everyone knows me for the 07s everyone like anything i can do i'm always chopping them up and putting different front ends and wheels on them and stuff like that and there's a guy on instagram called muzzer muzzer i think so who does digital renderings of bikes so you yeah. go on his page and none of, them, none of them are actual bikes, but they're... Um, it's like concepts. Like his concepts, basically. Yeah. And he'd photoshopped uh, a YZ450 with an MT-07 engine in it and Supermoto wheels. It looked nuts. It looked so cool. Um, and someone sent, someone sent it to me and was like, a bit of you in it. And uh, I liked it. And it went on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> and I found... Obviously, I was just trying to find a shagged... 450 yeah and i found one in liverpool and uh oh, this, i drove up there got in the literally from from being sent this picture to go in and buying it, it was probably two hours <laughs> two <laughs> hours good going. um i went up to this real dodgy estate in liverpool and a load of kids in tracksuits wheeled this thing out of a back garden and they could they couldn't even get it started um and i was like uh i beat i really beat him down i didn't pay a lot yeah. for it but i knew what i wanted to do with it so I didn't, I weren't too fast. As long as the frame was, yeah, was there. it was all right. So, um, yeah, I got it and got it back to the workshop and got back to the workshop from behind it and stripped it that night and had it down to a frame, cut cut the lower cradle out of this frame and was trying to shoehorn this engine in within 10 hours of being sent the picture originally. No rest And I put it all on my stories of like it all unfolding, you know, screenshot the message the guy sent me, bit of you in it. I was like, yeah, it is. 
and then me, me on, on the, where am I going in my van? Where do you think I'm going? Coming back down. Yeah, and stripped it, and I was getting the engine mounted the same night. So start to finish, how long did it take? A oh, bloody long time. <laughs> I was just really excited to get it in. But with that, the, the frame is, I mean, it's meant for a single cylinder, yeah. 450. So it don't go in between the rails. And there's just so many things to think about when you're getting this in. But so many steps ahead that you need to think about. All right, yeah, cool, the engine goes in. And you've got your train to line up. Yeah. But now your throttle body hits the frame and you shift it a little bit that way and now your chain's out of alignment and then you put it that way and now your rads don't match up and there's just so like the the working out of where to get it so the majority of stuff works yeah was the hardest bit because a lot of people just think it's quite simple just oh if the bike's you know it looks like it's got space out with one in with the other no that photoshop definitely had the engine behind the bike you know because yeah. <laughs> it was way up in the frame but that is just not Possible. But Not you possible. did it. But we did it. Yeah, did it. Uh, a lot of shoehorning, some smaller rads, and oh, it was just really a lot of working out. And how was it to ride? Oh, it was great. But same again. I built it. Done. Next. So <laughs> I took it out a few times. I didn't. Uh, when it was actually done, done, I put a picture up on Facebook on some supermoto page. Yeah. And um, it wasn't really for sale. And someone messaged me about it and said, What do you want for it? And um, he offered me a lot for it, quite a lot. And then he said, if uh, if you can drop it to Edinburgh, I'll give you another 500 quid on top of what, and I was already quite happy with the price. Yeah. So um, I called my missus and said, you, uh, you fancy a weekend away? Have <laughs> 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 you got away for the weekend? We'll, uh, we'll go to Scotland. I mean, she's all right anyway. I haven't got, you know, she was well up for it. Yeah. But um, yeah, put it in the van. I think the same again. Next day, spoke to him. Next day, it was in the van. He was on the way up to Scotland. Wow. Sold it. I mean, I took it out a few times and it was great enough. Yeah. And it got so much attention. I think there's still, uh, I get loads of messages about people saying, oh, you, your Facebook ad for that bike always pops up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. It's kind of, I kind of just leave it there now. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> a little bit of advertising maybe. But you get people saying, can you build me one? I do, yes. And is that something you'd ever do again? Not for someone. Yeah. I just, the, thing, the, the things that are involved, it would be so hard to explain to someone where their money's going. Yeah. And it, only I know the things that are involved in it. And it, it's just a lot easier to just build on how I want it and then go, that's the price. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I just prefer to do that. And you've not got to deal with, you know, you sell it, you shake hands and go, that's great. I'll see you later. Because I can't, it is, it really, really shouldn't go in there, that engine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't go in there. So, you know, and I'd, I'd say, problem, I mean, it, I think they're, I mean, they're really reliable. That's why I've done it, to yeah. get a bit more power and a bit more reliability. But there's a lot of fettling and stuff. You don't, I think, I imagine I should probably put a lot of shakedown miles on them before they go but the guy that i sold it to is out on it all the time i see him really? yeah i still got him on some social media platform and it does i mean i've never had a message he's out on it all the time so i think wow. it must have, That's I a think testament. it's gone pretty well yeah, yeah and is there ever part of you when you sell a bike like that that thinks you know i really hope everything's tight i hope my welds are strong or... all the time yeah yeah <laughs> all the time of course you do yeah but um i mean i've never had a frame crack never had anyone come back with anything about the welds or stuff like that so uh I think we're good. Happy days. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome. When did you first hear about Malay? 2019. 2019. 2019. Um, and that's when I, that's the first time I was like, right, I'm getting into this. Yeah. And I was away in Brighton. I've had a few beers and I'm just getting very excitable. What can I do? I want to do something now. Like, I, w I want to do something about what I want to do in the future, but I want to do it. What can I do now? Yeah. So I booked Malay and booked the bike shed show. 
and I didn't have bikes for either of them. But I was like, I'm, I want to do them both, and yeah. I committed. So it's got to happen now. Did was the was the default MT07? Yeah, well, no, not at all. So the first melee wasn't. I wasn't even on the 07s then. Really? So I had the RD350 as a basket case in a shed. It was, you know, it got handed down through family, so it was a real basket case, and that was going to be the bike shed show bike, the RD. And while I was in Brighton, same again, needed a melee bike on Facebook Marketplace, found one in Brighton. I was in my van. Yeah. And just wanted, I just, I've got to do everything now. I can't wait for anything. It's got to be now. <laughs> everything has to be, has to be now. So I found this bike um, and I paid pennies for it. I see them now on, on Facebook and eBay. They're going for three, four grand. It was up for 1,600 pounds, this KTM 625. And I just spoke to him really nicely. And I said, look, I'm down here. I'm looking for a bike. This is what I've got. And I offered him 1,100 quid. I mean, you always, whenever you go to buy anything, you've got, you, yeah, you you got, <laughs> got a couple hundred quid stashed away. I'm like, right, I'll put one, a one in this back pocket, one in another. I'll give my mate a couple bits. So if I really can't budge, I'll have to go and ask him. Yeah. But I just laid it out. I said, I've got 1,100 quid. Would you sell it to me? And he said, yes. So wow. I, I bought it. Yeah. And then that was the first Malay bike. Um, Got it back, pulled it apart, little subframe for it, little seat unit. I found uh, a little fancy kind of bean tank that was off a Suzuki GN 250, I think it <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah. I just, I know what I like, but I don't want to pay for the thing. I mean, I, like, I'd see a bike go past and, oh, really like that tank. Have a look at how much it is, 200 quid. I'm like, you're having a bloody laugh, aren't you? I'll go and try and find one that looks similar to that. That's, and I think I paid like 25 quid for this. Oh, yeah, perfect. Like, fantastic. Weld up the badge recess, you know, cut a little yeah. hole out where the, uh, the Monzo-style filler cap was and welded in a nice little flush fit thing um straight for exhaust little yeah. i had oh, the exhaust i remember the end can it was 17 pound 50 off ebay <laughs> it was like a megaphone style exhaust i'm like it got it. i thought this has come from china how is it here for 17 quid <laughs> come with a removable baffle springs the lot it was mad um and it used to pop flames when it backfired this bike big old flames coming out of it so i took that to the 2019 malay mile and it was the muddy mile i think it was known as yeah. the muddy mile and it was pretty rough and um i had tkc 80s on at the time yeah I mean, they're... We're familiar. We're familiar, familiar. Yeah. They're kind of like your go... They're everyone's go-to. Yeah. Trackery, road legal, tyre. And they're, they're not too sad on the road. They've got more grip than you expect yeah. on the road. Off-road. Yeah. They're a bit crap. Yeah. They're not great. Compared Especially, to a proper knobbly, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're on grass and stuff and you're not committed to the wheel... Because you're limited for tyres for these Malay things. Yeah. And until you go 18, 19, rear, 21 front, you're very limited yeah. to what you can get. I know a lot of people are like, right, you know, if you've got 17 inch wheels or 18s, people are running rear tires on the front and yeah. real, just trying to shoehorn. Yeah. You end up with like a four inch wide front, front, tire. front tire. It's not so great <laughs> in the corners. Um, so I had the TKC 80s on it and it was, uh, the, first, the Saturday was really wet. And I think the Sunday it dried out and um, we were in the sprint race and I got through to the final of the Scramblers. I think I was either in Scramblers or Cust. I think it was Scramblers. Um, and it was me with Kevin from Royal Enfield. Oh, okay. In the final for that that race, um, and he beat me. I was getting great starts, and then I fluffed one next to him, and he uh, he got the he win. Had you. Yeah, he oh. had me, but not bad for the first mile. Yeah, and it all just going. it just all happened so quick, and I just left there like this is <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is my new thing. This is, um, and that's where the love and the mile started. Sweet. And so then you thought next year I'm gonna do it do an O seven. No, no. Same again. The next year I still didn't have an O seven. So the first year I brought the RD350 with me to run in the classics and I was just having dramas with it the whole weekend. So I yeah. didn't use it. So the year, the next year, the 2020 would be, um, I got the RD fixed, got it 
singing perfect, perfect. and uh, it done so well. It was great. It didn't skip a beat the whole weekend. And I'd had this bike built in show condition for about 18 months and I'd never ridden it because I just couldn't get it dialed. And everyone would always say, oh, it'd be great to uh, see you riding it rather than pushing it everywhere. <laughs> like, I had loads of photos of it. Everyone's like, what's it sound like? I'm like, it sounds great. Stop. <laughs> you know? So I got it singing and um, I had a great mile on it that year. Yeah. Like, oh, it was fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. And um, there's one race that really, like, I think it was the final of the sprint race against the Crazy Toys Workshop. I think it's a CBR 600 might with DRZ plastics on it and some wheels yep. shoehorned on and I mean, it's, it, it goes it goes but it is very built for purpose yeah it's rough i mean it wouldn't pass bloody mot no it's, it's just got, built uh, for the mile yeah like the frames all hammered in around where the fork legs come down so he's got some lock because otherwise <laughs> it wouldn't it. turn so they just got hammered beat the frame in but it worked i mean it's a mile it worked, bike yeah and it's it's a treat mile bike it's built for that and it works so you can't definitely can't knock it but it was bloody quick and um I got a great start in this race and I was gone, but certain inline four six hundred did catch up and he just got me over the line, which I was gutted about. Yeah. But it uh, got me fired up. I'm coming back. Ready not, for next yeah, year. Ready, yeah, ready for next year. Let's go again. And um that's when I was like, right, I'm gonna I wanna start building some stuff to try and win this bloody thing. So that's when you actually started building a designated bike for the Malay event. And the first beach race would have been the following year, perhaps? Yes. So I've done that beach race as well. I've done that on the RD350. Yeah. But the weather. Yeah, it got weather. <laughs> it was... People's bikes, didn't they get Biblical. caught in the Like, no, and... you can't. I mean, there was... Look, Rob, there's pictures of Rob and Johnny trying to hold a flag up, right? Yeah. With this, like a fishing rod. The top of the flag is like bending over the top of their head and they're snapping. Like, just so much tension. The flag yeah. is... It was insane. It was crazy. I took my, uh, I took my son with me. And uh, oh, he had to go. My friend had to take him go and sit in the car. He had the worst bloody days ever had of his life. Suddenly, I was coming to the beach. He was probably thinking he's going to get his bucket and spade out. Oh, he nearly got blown away. It was horrible. So the RD cut out, wouldn't start, and that was the end of my mile. That was that. But I think at the end, when it got down, I mean, we got into like the derby, the final thing. But by the end of it, I think there's probably only about twenty people on the beach, including the marshals. You know, there was <laughs> it was he who stays last, like he who stays longest wins. It yeah. was, so everyone was going home. It was just yeah, it was chaos. chaos, chaos. So then, following that, would it have been the first purpose-built mile bike? Yes, yes, it was. And was this the turbo? No, oh, actually, so many I forget about them. This was the first MT07. Okay. At the next one, the next one was the first MT07, and it was just a road MT07. And um, I only decided because I, I was recovering from quite a bad bike crash, so I thought I wasn't going to go. I had my ticket, but I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty rough. Yeah. I was in a bit of a bad shape, so I thought oh, I won't go. And then I was, and then two days, two or three days before it, I was like, ah, actually, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. And then I didn't really know what I was taking at the time. Obviously, I've got the got the rd and that didn't do great on the beach before and i had a road mt07 and i had a pair of honda crf 450 wheels and i was like oh <laughs> maybe this could be a thing and uh shoe honda mine in a couple of days and it was just really the wheels it was pretty much standard other than that i put some handguards on it just for yeah. beach vibes um but yeah apart from the wheels it's pretty much standard but having when you can get real motocross wheels on for a malay bike yeah. that's the next level you know, it's the next step up. It's yeah. the next step up, and you just after that, you're like, oh, this is so much easier than 
yeah. battling with not great tires or just heavier wheels. And... Yeah, because I struggle with my Triumph on the beach mm. and at the Manic. It's just so heavy, and the, you know you're restricted on your tire sizes, and yeah, it's a challenge. But those MTs, they do fly. Oh, do they? They're great. <laughs> They're very talky, and the sound that like you know the sound of a CP2. I can hear it from a month more than a mile away it's just the most distinctive noise yeah ever i don't think that there's a, i mean apart from you i mean you've got the uh the cross planes yeah of course. but also you can get muddled up between a 14 br1 2cr mt10 you know but you hear a cp2 you're like <laughs> you know what that is i know what that is like you just they're so distinctive um so we had a great mile that year one one quite a few fit like you know we do because they do the classes and yeah. then the, i mean but also i'm like classes yeah you know, I want that Derby, the classes, <laughs> you know. Before, when I first started going to them, if I want a, a class, I was over the moon. But the, um, when you've done them, they mean a bit less. Now you're going for the, you, yeah. want, you want a bit more. I mean, I do. I'm like, right, what's next? I'm saying better, less, yeah. you know. Um, and we were, I mean, I was, I think I was pretty much set to win. Everyone's yeah. money was on me, you know. Everyone was saying, you've got, you've got this. This is going to be your one. And the tide come in. The tide come in. Um, and there was, I think there was like a lightweight, I mean, we'd, we'd filtered through the pack of the Derby. There was a, there's a couple of lightweights, a couple of women's class and obviously yeah. like no real, no one that I saw as any competition, but they, uh, yeah, that's cool it off. Unfortunately, we'll all lose together in true mild spirit. But I was also a little bit disappointed. When I... <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, right, this is, come on, I've next year. We're coming, we're coming back and we're going to get real bloody serious. So where did your inspiration, because I'm guessing the next year was the turbo. Turbo was next year. So where, where did the inspiration come from to put a, a turbo on an MT or something? They're just cool, aren't they? Who doesn't want anything with a turbo on it? Like Valid point. Who doesn't want any? <laughs> you know, just growing up, you, you know, you see films and just or a car will go past you in the street and you hear the, the dump valve, a whistle. You're like, oh my God, God <laughs> doesn't it sound great? So like, yeah, who doesn't love bloody turbo? They're, they're um they're just fun, aren't they? So that was where it come from. And also, you just got a bit more power, haven't you? Going to go a bit quicker. And there were some kits that I'd seen. There's a company that make kits for them, and they're they're in a different country. By the time you get them here, it's like five grand for one. A bike's only worth four grand, you know. Um, and there was a lot. I was trying to do a bit of digging to see what what they was using, you know, sending a few emails like a potential customer. But really, I'm just trying to. Uh, <laughs> Try, trying to find out some parts that they use and I think I managed to get a turbo and get all the bits and I was cutting it so fine before Malay I didn't know if yeah. it was going to work a couple of days before so I was like right if it doesn't work all back apart back to standard but got it all on took it up for dyno and found I mean it was quite hard to find somebody who wanted to tune it because I think with turbo I mean there's a lot of people that can bang a turbo on a bike but I'm like come on that's not it's not the fueling's not you know they've got yeah. a, it can damage the bike it can do more harm than it's good if it's just bolted on you yeah. don't know how much boost you're making i mean that's conrod through the block material yeah and just you know that's popped done yeah yeah um so i found this guy up north went up there got it done he was a mate he loved it he thought this is fucking this is brilliant like why i mean why also because everyone's everyone the first thing everyone says is well why don't you buy an mt10 why don't you buy a bigger bike I'm like, oh, anyone can do that so this is this has got a turbo it's cool yeah you know and i think i like uh I've had all the bikes in the world. I've had the quickest things. I've had this, I've had that. It's not, riding a bike, it's not all about going fast. It's about the feeling it gives you, getting That's on it. it. Yeah. Just every little bit, how it sounds, how it feels, how other people look at it. Yeah. Just, it's all, it's everything about it, isn't it? The smell, like even the yeah. smell, everything about riding a bike is, something you don't need a big, a big engine to have fun. No. You know? It's more fun to ride a slow bike fast than it is a fast yeah, bike slow. Yeah, 100%. You know? So, and getting on something and wringing its bloody neck is great rather yeah. than, rather than, I mean, with like for fun, 
you know if you're in, if someone left you in a field with a with a with a real with an R1 with dirt tires on it oh it'd be cool but if you had a little 125 or something a bit smaller that you can really wring its neck oh yeah you could just send it and it's uh it's just a lot more fun riding a bike to its maximum capabilities than than riding something not yeah you know turbo M207 at the first mile <laughs> turbo M207 at the first mile how did that go did you win no 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 and why not because <laughs> <laughs> it's the same that happens every mile i get way too excited i have way too many beers and um fluff it at the end don't i yeah. <laughs> but saturday was so well saturday went so good that i was like well i've got this this is my one 100 we've got it it was i won every every i didn't lose a race and it was just it was the bike was going really well i was riding well and i got so excited i went out drinking and um didn't get much sleep because i thought i was just so excited that i was going to yeah. win one and uh, the next day was a real struggle because I was battling a quite bad hangover. And uh, I mean, I've done all right. And I got into the derby and there was a French guy just done me. I looked behind me. I looked over my shoulder and I should have just, I was just wasn't on form, you know? Yeah. Looked over my shoulder, let a little opening go and he went through and I, and I fluffed it. I was really upset. <laughs> <laughs> and was that, am I right in thinking that that's when you went from Danners to Stibnite? Yes, that's when I done. Would you, can you explain what what happened there? Because uh, at one point I thought it was Dana's <laughs> over and out, and we were we would never see you again. Yeah, you know? it was just it's just very personal. Like the Dana's thing. I'm just I'm a terrible businessman. I want to do everything. Like, and there's not a name. You know, it's Dan. I'm Dan. Yeah. So I've got someone's bike. They think they can just call me at eleven o'clock at night. Twelve o'clock at you know. Yeah. Silly hours and weekends and stuff. And I'm like, I'm just I'm too involved in it. Me right. personally, I want it to be more of a company. Yeah. So that's what the swap. That's why the swap really started. So I could just take a step back and it not be my life as much. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, I'm still, I'm still, still in I'm it. still in it. And I, I'm, you know, it's not, uh, I don't do nine to five. I'm there stupid o'clock in the morning and just any spare time I can get, I'm there anyway. Where did the name Stibnight come from? Stibnight come from, uh, it was my girlfriend's, sorry, my fiance's uh, brother suggested it. We was uh, trying to think of interesting names. And it's one of the least Googled words in the world, Stibnite. So if you type it in, you'll find me, Stibnite. It's well, what the, does it mean? It's like a rock, a mineral. I don't really know. It's this, I don't know. It's uh, SB51 on the periodic table. Okay. Note that down, that down. So I have a little piece of it. have a little, like, looks like a little, just a fun little crystal, Stibnite. Looks kind of like a titanium-ish material, like a, yeah. So um, that's where the name come from, Stibnite, least Googled word. And cool. it sounds quite fun, Stibnite. Yeah, it's good. Cool. It works. I like it. It rolls off the tongue. Sounds good. I'm like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll run it. And people won't forget it. No, no. Now let's talk about the beach race this year. Ooh, yeah. This was po- possibly the most exciting yeah. thing that happened. Definitely for me. Definitely for you. Wait, what so, bit though? Well, well, I've well, got well, one well. that was more exciting to me, but I'd, I'd probably get in trouble if I said it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear it. We'll hear it all. We'll hear it all here. So oh, yeah, where should we start? Okay, so bike, still MT07. Still MT07. But no turbo. No turbo. Because the power was great, but the the handling, it's just a lot of extra weight, throwing it around, you know, I thought, let's go lightweight. And this is the first one that not the first 07 I built a chassis for, but the first Malay bike I built the entire bike from. You know, not I mean, it's a Yamaha engine, got some wheels on it, but I built the frame, the the swing arm subframe, all the bodywork everything i mean i can say that that is my bike now confident yeah so um so we built the bike yeah so it's what like one of one and i lost any any gram of weight that could go was gone 
took yeah. everything off of it, built the the body works of the tank, the subframe swing arms all in aluminium, um, and just anything that could go off it was gone. Like down to trimming the wiring loom. Any like there's switches and plugs on the wiring loom and wires that would go to headlights and indicators are now gone. Like yeah. everything was cut off it. There's no key. It's just a switch, just a little switch, which you've got to remember what way it's on because <laughs> I've, I've come out to a flat battery because i forgot what direction you know i really should put a light on that <laughs> a little bell or something to tell me um so yeah that was a bike just totally totally stripped down the first soul i mean that is yeah built for purpose built for purpose just built for the melee yeah and i mean it's, it's probably one of the most over-engineered expensive <laughs> <laughs> for this one event you know this thing that happens twice a year yeah i mean this bike if i counted labor it owes me a, a on a leg uh, yeah yeah two two arms two legs <laughs> and once the bike was finished did you think did you look at it and go i can't not win on that no i mean i don't want to you don't you because it me like for me i'm like oh, I'm, i want it so bad i don't i'm like i try it i don't want to get too nervous i don't want to get too confident like, yeah it's just, not just about the bike yeah just try you know just try and relax it's the main thing is just try and relax and you're always nervous before but you get on the bike and i'm like this is cool. I'm at one with all my powers. This is like, this is where I'm most comfortable. Why was I even nervous? This is great. So once I'm on, once you're on the bike, all the nerves go. Yeah. You're just, just having a great time. Same old story, really. Got really excited on the Friday, been with all my friends. Went out drinking, had a very late night. And I come out to the beach Saturday morning. I was a shell of a man, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was in such a terrible state. I, people were coming and talking to me and I was like, oh, honestly, I don't mean to be rude, but... Just can't. I just need to be on my own for a little while. And I, I tried everything to sort myself out. Ate a really big breakfast I didn't want. <laughs> you know, tried to muscle down a bacon egg sandwich just to try and make myself feel a bit better. And uh, I mean, it didn't. And I was out on the beach having a terrible time <laughs> just trying to get through. And someone pointed at my back wheel and let me know that my tyre was on backwards. My sand paddle tyre yeah. that was put on in, in obviously quite a rush. Um, and I'd done the parade lap up the beach. And I opened the throttle up and the, the back end just kind of sunk <laughs> because it's a paddle tire. Not like one of the big American, you know, yeah. soft sand tires, but just like a, a sand motocross tire. But obviously, if it's on the right way, you're carving buckets out, throwing yeah. them behind you. When it's on the wrong way, it's like arrows cutting you through the sand. So it just didn't have the grip. I didn't feel great. So I was like, all right, I'm throwing the towel in today. I'm going to go and pack up. I'm going to try and get this bike sorted out and yeah. come back tomorrow. So I took the... Uh, Took the back wheel off of the, the bike in the back of the van and uh, my mum was down. So I, I nicked her car because obviously yeah. the bike was up, balanced up very, it was balanced up on the spare wheel of the van in the back. Okay. If, you know, if someone nudged the van, it probably would have fallen over. Yeah. So I put the spare wheel in the back of my mum's car, found a tyre shop to go and get the tyre done. And I thought, well, I went to a couple, but they was like, but I was asking if, can I do it? Can I use your tyre machine? Yeah. And some of them were like, no, no, like you got, we don't want you to. But it's it's got a beadlock in it, and I know these. I mean, I don't want to tell someone how to suck eggs, but it's very different to a car tire. Yeah, it's got a beadlock in it. Also, I've got one inner tube with me. We yeah. got one go at this, you know. And if if I pierced it, it's on me. If someone else done it and ruined my Malay effort, I'd be really upset. Yeah. So I found this tire shop that let me use their machine, and same again. It was like, oh, I help you, I help you, and we got to the bit with a beadlock in it, and he was like, oh, you can do this. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so I managed to do it, got it back, got the bike done, and then chilled for the day. I had a really nice evening, got some food, a lot of food. Yeah, regrouped. Regrouped, had a lot of food, recovered from the hangover, and um, had a relatively early night. Not super early, but early enough. Early enough, just to yeah. be sharp for the Sunday. Yeah. And um, yeah, got ready for the Sunday. 
and it was great bike was great all day um it was fantastic and i felt i felt good on the bike it's just I, there's no better feeling in the world than sliding a bike opposite lock you look back your back wheel spinning like wheelies are great in that yeah but i'm telling you, the the feeling of power sliding a bike when you get that balance point perfect oh, and it just it's, carries through yeah it's like it's like music isn't it and also yeah. like it's like i mean it's like you're dancing sometimes yeah like people aren't like they don't i'm like you're I mean, you got your clutch. You got your clutch on one hand. Your your gears on another. Then your brake, and then your right hand's doing front brake and and accelerating, on, yeah. and you're moving around the bike. I'm like, there's so much going on, and it just when you get some days, you feel on it. Yeah. And that day, I was like, this is fantastic. It was, I was the having day. such a great time on it. Yeah, having a really good time, and it went. I could notice the difference in weight from the last bike. You know, the turbo bike. I think if you've seen me at Malay's, it's a lot of wheelies. But it was yeah. with the turbo bike, it's taming them, trying to get the power down and taming it. But so where much talk. It had quite a small turbo on it, so it was peaky boost. So you've got not much, you know, I've got this, and then it comes on boost, and the front ends up. Whereas this, I could pin it, lean forward a little bit, and just go through the gears. Yeah. There was no, I mean, if I wanted to lift the front end up, I can. But if you want it to stay down, you could just go through the gears, and it was flying and, and like handling well. So we won, uh, went through all the... You know the customs. So obviously, I was in the customs class, so you go through the sprint race. Yeah. The the double. Yeah. I did want to do the Malay hundred, but I was having my chain was worrying me a little yeah. bit because I've got on that bike, I've got quite a few sprocket spaces. <laughs> Five. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, I mean they're built for the supermoto guys because they put wider tires on it and it's supposed to stop your chain from rubbing on your tire. Yeah. But to get my chain aligned with the front sprocket got to run the well i don't i mean now I've, I've i've sorted something else i've had some made yeah so there's not five of them i imagine if you had one but the time you know not that big of a gap but by the time, where the where the the hub of the wheel is by the time you get to the fifth one and your sprocket goes on my sprocket was a little bit egg-shaped you know it wasn't yeah. so i was having a few but it, it hadn't caused me any problems but i was worried about it i had a tight spot and a loose spot yeah and the Malay hundred i was like oh, i want i knew what i wanted to get into the derby so i thought i won't risk Risk the chances. Risk, yeah. risk the chance. So we done, yeah, done the double, done the the sprint, won them, and got through to the derby. Now this was a a big derby for you. Big one. A big Such one. Such a big one. And I feel like I spent with Robert and Johnny. They both know how hard that I try every year. What yeah. I put into it. So they they were batting for me. They're like, come on, you can't give me some kind words at the start. Just relax. Yeah. Relax. Or. Johnny's good one that he says to me is he comes up to me, pats me on the shoulder and says, please be careful. <laughs> please be careful. It's normally well, the first time I see him at any Malay, when he sees me and what bike I've brought, he walks up to me shaking his head, shakes my hand. He's like, Jesus, what's this one? What is it? What's this year's? Um, so yeah, they were paying, they were batting for me. And I did, I mean, I think I was, I was doing quite well for the weekend and I brought quite a lot of friends with me as well. Friends and family. Yeah. So there was, there was quite a few people cheering for me to, get through um i think there are about five people left maybe five in the derby uh in the, so the derby was a double was yeah. flag and back this year i think there's about five people left everything was going great and um what was i next to i think i mean i know it it wasn't i didn't see it as a i think it was a i think it was a scrambler tramp scrambler tramp scrambler i didn't see it as like a i mean also on the beach you look at someone's tires yeah yeah <laughs> that's, you can tell straight away yeah that's how i weigh it up if it's yeah. if it's gonna be all right or not you look at their tires and normally if you've got motocross tires and they're on tkc's or alike yeah this will be all right yeah and i uh, launched it off the line and i went nowhere revving it bike's not moving my trainer jumped off hadn't it 
my chain had jumped off. And I thought that was it there and then. I'm like, I mean, also, I was like, I mean, I could probably put it back on now, but it's loose. I don't know, you know, what are yeah. the chances of it being able to stay on? So I was like, I mean, this is kind of it. I thought I'm going to push it over and try and put the chain back on. And then out in the corner of my eye, one of my friends comes running over with a couple tools that I'd left in his bag. And it was a 13 mil spanner and an adjustable spanner. And somehow I managed to crack up where the axle was turning. I managed to use the 13 mil in another part of the bike to lock that side of the axle, sorry, against the other axle nut. Um, and the adjustable to break it off and the axle slider dropouts were adjusted with 13 mil. So these two tools, they were what I, managed, you needed. I managed to loosen the wheel, get the chain back on and tighten it up where it was like best of both worlds. Yeah. Because obviously it was going tight and loose. I was like, right, that's about right. And I was still putting my helmet on and my friend pushed the bike to the line because they was waiting for me. And I think maybe if it was someone else, they might have just said your bike's done. But I'd also told them something earlier on in the weekend. Yeah. Which made them want me to win a little bit more. <laughs> um, so they give me a little bit of time and I got back on. So my friend had already put the bike there and I got on the bike and um, I think there was like two more two more races until the final. Um, and the final was with Obed on Frank the Tank. Yeah. Frank, car that bike. I mean, it's uh, That's it's just great. Else. It's great because it, it, it is what it is. So rough, yeah. <laughs> and he rides it so well yeah. that that's what makes it so great. You know, he's got these massive ape hanger bars on it, and his open face helmet with his big old beard hanging yeah. out the front. I'm like, oh, this is great, and it, the noise of that thing. So I made the pipes for that for him, the oh, ones that he's got cool. on it, and they're just, I mean, they're just so obnoxious. Straight through yeah. side exit pipes. And there, uh, when he picked it up, he was redlining this thing in this poor little village <laughs> at like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> everyone knew about it. Yeah, everyone knew it was there. Um, so yeah, it was against him. And I mean, it got a good start to the corner, beat him into the corner. And oh, you just, I, I opened it up too much coming out. Yeah. Also, that poor little bike. There was so, I'm watching the videos back. I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, oh, I could have so easily been in second there. <laughs> But I just red ringing this yeah. thing's neck, absolutely redlining it. But the back wheel's still spinning, so you're not, you know, you're not got traction. I'm just, I'm still spinning, just on redline. Yeah. If I was in second, I'd still be spinning, but I was just ringing this poor little bike's neck. Um, got to the corner, and then I, I give it a bit too much beans coming out, and the back end really come round on me. It come round, um, and then as it straightened up, I looked over my shoulder, and I could see that Obed was just coming out of the corner still. And you're like, that's when you knew. That's when I knew. But also, I watched the videos back and I'm throwing my arm in the air. Well oh, before the finish. Well before the <laughs> yeah, finish. Like, so far before the finish. I'm thinking, God, imagine if he go up. Like, how, <laughs> how embarrassing would that be? Um, and then we stopped, you know, across the line, stopped there. There was a couple of people there that were like flagging me down. So I stopped there, I'd chat. Obi'd come up, shook my hand. He's like, well done, mate. He's like, that looked great. I was like, now watch this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, rode back over and Robert and Johnny were there at the finish line trying to like flag me down. And they knew what I was going to do. Yeah. So as I rode past, I, I was just, I think I remember shouting to him like, it's now, I'm going to do it now. And uh, rode over to where my family were and dropped the bike and uh, proposed to my missus. Straight, instead of my helmet on, I hadn't taken my helmet off yet or anything. Yeah. And my son was there like coming up to help me. I'm like, can I? <laughs> <laughs> Got down on my knee and, uh, and proposed, yeah. And then uh, I know that like, she don't want a big scene. So that's why I thought, I mean, I mentioned it to Robin and Johnny. They was like, oh, we'll get her in the three-wheeler up the beach. I'm like, you're having a bloody laugh, and you? She's like seven months pregnant and all. Like, we're going to shoehorn her into yeah. a, a Morgan three-wheeler up a beach, like to propose in front of everyone. There was no chance. So I went over and done it where the crowd was. Got down on one knee. And by the time I got up and looked over me, it was probably about 200 people stood behind us with yeah. cameras and, oh, it was cooked. Yeah, 
It was cool. It got it got pretty busy pretty bloody quick. It did, yeah. <laughs> no, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, what what a way. I mean, I remember standing there with you, with yeah. you, Jed, and we were just it was like it was like watching a film. Yeah. But in, in real life it was like the sprocket, it, the chain comes off the sprocket, you so fix it dramatic, out on the side. Yeah. Yeah. So uh no, well done. I'm looking forward to the Malay film coming out, so I hope that yes. should feature. Yeah. I, I would hope. So they was previewing it at the uh the bike shed show. Um, they had it playing on the background and my bike was there and obviously I spent a lot of time with him as well and people were like looking at the bike and then they're watching the film and I was like oh I'll just uh, <clears throat> shuffle over next to the TV and wonder if they can <laughs> yeah. wonder whether they know they're standing next to a star <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but so the film and also got uh, Robert said he's like oh it's uh, come up to me and my missus he's like, also it's primarily just you I'm like oh god is it I don't, I don't know it kind of makes you want, like oh no Whilst we're, she's like ugly crying because I proposed and stuff. You're like, oh no, how much of us is on it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they did a great job. Yeah, yeah, no, it looked good. Film looked good. Amazing. Well, congratulations. What is, what's next for Stib Night? Oh, who knows? Well, because, you know. <laughs> rumour has it, something British. Okay. So, I've, yeah, I've been doing the Yamaha's for a while now. And I think it's, uh, I mean, I love them. But the thing is, it's, uh, it's an entry-level motorcycle, isn't it? Yeah. And the owners, I mean, they're not money to, to, to you know they're too busy keeping the thing on the road yeah uh let alone modifying it and it's just not there's not a big custom scene for the 07s the cp2s there's not you don't see a lot of them about um and i just i've done them now i think we're pretty we're pretty maxed out yeah there's i built you know i built four or four or five chassis for them now in in various different forms off-road bikes supermotos and cafe races and stuff so you feel like so you've explored that enough i've done it yeah yeah i mean i'll always still have one yeah, like, of course. Well, one. I said I've got about five now. I think. <laughs> so I'll always still have a couple, but I want something. Yeah, I want to do something different now. So I think it might be going over to some triumphs soon. Yeah, I've been browsing. I've been having a look. I think Jed's been getting some really questionable bikes sent to him yeah. for his approval. <laughs> I've sent him a few, and then he's like, "Oh, mate, you can't buy that." <laughs> some of them have been like quite uh, questionable, questionable history, maybe. Like yeah. so I found some, and it's like a Cat B. You know, cat B, no wheels, no forks. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, Jed, what about this? It's only 1,500 quid. But obviously, I'm always biting off more than I can. Like, I can't just take the easy no, the easy option. I've always just got to take the hard route. <laughs> and by the time I get some of these things on the road, it's probably cost me more than the straight one. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I just need to uh, get a, get a T, T120 maybe is what I'm, yeah. what I'm hoping for. But the great thing with these Triumphs is that the engine bases are quite similar throughout. Yeah. So I mean, maybe it, I don't know whether the thou the uh, the the thousands and the is it a thousand twelve hundred twelve hundred sorry I don't know whether the twelve hundred engines are going to be the same as the nines. So the nines seem to be the more popular. Yeah. It seems to be more about. So maybe I'm better off getting a nine hundred. And then once you, I mean, if you make a set of pipes for one. Yeah, that's it. Whether it's a, a Bonneville or a Scrambler of the same era. Yeah. Same frame. The frames are all the same. Same so. frame. Same engine. So you can swap them between the two yeah um yeah so i've got also the thing that i mess up with with the uh the 07s i'll i'll buy one to build some parts for yeah i'm like right i'll get one make a few parts for it sell the parts before i know it there's nothing on it standard to sell parts for i've taken every like yeah <laughs> i've not got the standard subframe or something on it so i now can't use the bike to make parts for right okay. so when i get the triumph don't let me go too mad because I, yeah. I, want, <laughs> I need to keep it standard enough that I can make custom parts for it. I'll end up building a frame for it and putting two turbos on it. And I can't sell an exhaust or a bloody <laughs> sticker or something that goes on it. So you've got to keep well. it relatively standard. So then I'm like, well, I need two. 
Yeah. <laughs> and this is where it starts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. But it's exciting stuff. Big mm. things coming, yeah. Yeah, big things. So um I don't think I'll have one this year, really. Probably won't have one this year. Got uh too focused on the mile and everything coming up. <sighs> got a lot of stuff going on at home as well. Yeah. We're uh, having a baby in six weeks now war coming up houses apart everything's just there's just a lot of stuff going on and um the bikes consume so much of my time yeah that i know if i bought one i can't not touch it if yeah. i bought like and i've got other stuff i need to finish first and if i bought one i'm just i'd you would be in the workshop all the time <laughs> i'll be in the workshop all the bloody time doing stuff to it so i can't have the distraction at the minute I think I'll get it when I'm a little bit more free. I want to tie yeah. up some other ends, finish some other commitments I've got, and then dive into it. So this year's Malay, I'll have some new stuff that no one's seen before. Exciting. Couple new things. Um, but we the idea was to pack light because it's two weeks before our due date. Yeah. <laughs> That's cutting it I close. said, let's not go. I said, let's not go. But she's like, no, come on, let's go. So I've got one little thing that we might be doing at the mile. Should we say? Do we say? Yeah, go on, go on, hint yeah. today, hint today. Yeah. We'll hint. Okay, yeah. we'll hint. Because also, it was agreed. Our, our <laughs> we decided to do this after having a few beers at the bike shed show, and I, I don't know how sure they are about letting me do it. <laughs> you know? on, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So we're gonna. I met the owner of Grimsfort Castle. Yeah. One, of, I think it's his uncle that owns it, but the family. I met the guy that lets us. Let the Malay do the thing. Yeah. Do the do the Malay there. And uh, once he, once Robert had told him, I built, you know, this, this is Dan. He won the beach race. That's his bike. And we started chatting and he asked, he, he told me that he'd seen a video about uh, a bike riding across a lake or riding on water. And there's been rumors that they want to do something with the lake since we've been at Grimsthorpe. And he suggested, he said, do you think you can build a motorcycle that you could ride across the lake? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, so that might be happening. And also, if that goes badly, and my missus gives birth early, we might both be in the hospital at the same time. <laughs> Don't say <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could go in the same ambulance. Uh, but it is setting in now that shit, I might actually have to do this. I'm a terrible swimmer as well. I don't think the lake's that deep, but I mean, it's still... But, you <laughs> know, I've, I've got to try and do this now. Like, it's, water's not really my thing motorbikes are so well we'll be there with our cameras oh yeah, yeah so uh yeah. you know we'll get the whole thing i'm gonna have to go there and prep or something i mean i can't have a drop from the land to the water so am i gonna build like a i don't know what how this is like gonna a go. jetty a jetty or cut some like dig some of the bank out yeah but then also, a... there's got to be an exit as well yeah or you just send it into the reeds yeah or the bank go the, the banks. yeah <laughs> you're not a 180 and go back up the ramp oh, <laughs> <laughs> i think i've just got to focus on getting across that lake um yeah but i, I am looking forward to it i think yeah well that's exciting you heard it here first yeah yeah so uh, i know that robert's robert knows about it yeah i don't know if johnny does so if you are listening johnny <laughs> well he will in a week <laughs> <still, yeah. laughs> please let us uh let us have a go because it might work and yeah. also i'm um i'm doing it on an mt07 because I feel like I have to, right? Yeah, I yeah, feel like it's the last. Yeah. I feel like I have to. I mean, I've got some dirt bikes I could use, which would be the obvious choice because they're lighter. Yeah. And, and these 07s weigh quite a bit more. But self-proclaimed 07 king, I've got to put, got to you know. Done, yeah. Now I can say, I mean, I think I'll probably be the first person in the world to ride an M207 across a lake. 
Yeah, it's a good box to tick. F- yeah, <laughs> means nothing to anyone else in the world apart from me. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Cool. Well, we'll see you there. Yeah, looking forward to it. Now, if people want to find you on social media to keep up with what you're doing, Stiblight Moto, Stiblight Moto on Instagram, and that's it. Really, I'm terrible with socials. I'm not great at them, so you're going to catch me on there. Yeah, occasionally. But I, I'll I'll post what I'm doing when I finish a bike. I normally post a picture of it. And then when I think, and then I think, well, well that's, quite, that's kind of you. <laughs> I hope everyone appreciates that. Yeah, because I mean, also, I kind of think, well, everyone's seen it now. So I don't want to post the same thing all the time. But also, it costs, it takes me a whole bike build to post a new picture. So um, I really probably should post a bit more. Yeah, well. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you for having me. And uh, catch you at the mile. See you at the mile. See you there. In a bit. Cheers.